Today is a day to think about us being thankful to Jesus Christ. And I begin a mini-series called Thankful Hearts. And my sermon title is Thank You, God. Just thanking God we are. Before I read the text today, which is Psalm 100, I'd like to take one moment to um, just speak a little bit about why or what the Psalms are for. Uh, The ESV commentary says that um, perhaps the Psalms were written to express the deep feelings of the human heart. So we have feelings and they run deep. And somehow the Psalms have been used poetically in song, etc., to express those human feelings that we have. Now, the Psalms contain prayers to God, and they also, some of them, speak prophetically, pointing us to the Messiah. And some of the Psalms are poems and songs of worship and thanksgiving to God. The Hebrew title for the Psalms actually means praises. And so the Psalms are books and verses of praises to God, of thanks to God, of lifting God up. So let me go to the text, Psalm 100. It's well known um, for praise and worship. It's well known for giving thanks to God. Many, many, many Christians will know and quote this Psalm. I read from the Amplified Version. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know, perceive, recognize, and understand, the Amplified says, that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, not we ourselves, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and a thank offering and into his courts with praise. Be thankful and say so to him. Bless and affectionately praise his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness and truth endure to all generations." Now, these five verses that I'm going to speak about today, they contain instructions or invitations. They're calling us to take some kind of action, but they also contain the reason why we would want to follow these instructions and the reasons why we would take the actions. And there are seven instructions, the first of which says, make a joyful noise. Some versions say shout. So the connotation here is loud. Now, not everyone likes noise. Like me, as I have become a little older. While others thrive on noise. Some want to live in the quiet countryside or by a quiet beach. Like me. While others prefer the hustle and bustle of city life. But there are times when loudness is universal and it's accepted. And this verse implies that the instruction is to all of the earth, to all lands, saying, make some noise for God. Now, 
my favourite football team yesterday happened to uh, win 2 0 against the team they were playing, and they're placed very well in the Premier League at the moment. But think of a sports stadium. Think of when a goal is scored. Think of when a race is won. I remember being at the Olympic Games in Gla uh, the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow uh, a few years back. And the, the noise in the stadium was phenomenal as a runner was running or as, as a country was rep being represented. And it was so loud, but it was a joyful noise of winning, a joyful noise of celebration. So loud can be good. Think of a child. They open a present that they've been waiting for and they begin to jump with joy, jump with joy. They haven't turned around to the parent or the giver of the gift and said, oh, thank you so much. But that jumping for joy is their thank you. It says it all. So there's happiness, there's um, something exciting about being joyous and about shouting and singing praises to the Lord. So we should also be thankful to God, joyfully shouting. We should be making noise. We should be making it known that he is our God and the world should hear the noise that we make as we're thankful to God. Make a joyful noise, all ye lands. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, a, a late friend of mine passed away a few years ago, he used to be here in KT with us and in Slough. He was a very unassuming, shy gentleman. He didn't show much emotion, but he loved the Lord and served him for all of his life, actually. But he had a dream one day, or a vision, I, I think it was a dream. And he was the most unlikely person to have this type of dream. That's how different his character was, how closed he was, how polite he was, how quiet. But he dreamt about heaven and he heard the worship in heaven. His description was, it was so loud. And he, for the first time, I heard him excited, alive about what he heard in heaven. So loud, so strong were the sounds. And it was, he was describing as if heaven was overflowing with thanksgiving and with worship to God. So heaven is loud. And it's never, there's never a time where heaven is not saying something to God about who he is. There's never a time that heaven is not worshipping him. There's never a time that heaven is not saying, thank you, God. Thank you. So that was the first instruction. Make a joyful noise, all ye lands. The second instruction tells us to serve the Lord with gladness. Now, let me read a quote from Charles Spurgeon here. As for the true believer in Jesus, he serves his God because he loves to serve him. He assembles with the great congregation because it is his delight to worship the Most High. So Spurgeon is saying here, because that true believer loves the Lord, that true believer loves to serve. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Because that true believer loves the Lord, that true believer delights to worship him. 
So we must serve him from a heart filled with gladness. Isn't it easy to be around someone who makes you glad or makes you laugh? But we need to look at why we have as believers to be glad, which we will see further down. The third instruction is that we should come before his presence with singing. This is perhaps the most common way we know of giving our thanks to God. It is the way that you do it in church, isn't it? It's the way that when we come together, we acknowledge through words, but with song, with music, as we saw, beautiful one. But it's not the only way, and we'll look at that a little bit later. But singing does seem to be something people do when they're happy. People love to go to concerts, they love to dance out, they love music. It seems to make them happy. And in my younger days, I was notorious for singing in the offices where I would work before joining Katie's staff. Not that I stopped singing. Um, and people would ask me, just because I was singing, why are you always so happy? So they would liken somebody singing with happiness. Well, that is our approach, isn't it? This instruction is not just telling us to come before the Lord with singing. It's an instruction on how we are to prepare ourselves as we come. Make a joyful noise, come with singing, serve with gladness. There is an approach of our hearts and an approach that we must have and that we must make as we come before the Lord. The fourth instruction is to know or to recognise that he is God. So we're instructed to know and we're given the first why here. Why should we be thanking God? We need to open our eyes to the revelation that God is our creator. That we did not create ourselves as it says. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves, and we are his. Some would suggest today and sadly believe today that they made themselves, that they created themselves. But we know and we're told in this psalm, we're instructed, know, recognise, understand. He is our creator. He alone is God. We, his people, unlike the world, we must be rooted in this knowledge that he's our creator, that we are chosen by him. Let me read Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. I'm reading from the ESV here. Revelation 4, 11, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Other versions say, by your act of will. The Amplified says, because of your will they exist and were created and brought into being. So we need to be rooted in the fact that this God whom we are told to know is our creator who chose us, is our creator who said, I want him, 
I want her to come into the earth. He desired us to come. And we need to recognise and know. And that's a big why we should thank him, because he chose us. It's really sad sometimes that people don't recognise this God who created us. In Romans chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, For although they knew God, they did not honour him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. This speaks about people who did know God, who recognised him, understood who he was, but chose not to thank him, chose not to honour him. They began to enjoy their own thinking and to think that they were bigger, they were better than God was. But we need to recognise, as the scripture says in verse 3, his people, where is people? And we are the sheep of his pasture. We need to know and we need to recognise that as well as our creator, he is the good shepherd. God is the one who tends us tenderly. He is the one who cares for us like a shepherd cares for his sheep. His eyes go about the earth to and fro, don't they? Who can I show myself strong on behalf of today? Which of my children do I need to tend to? and care for. This is the God we must know. This is the God we must recognise. This is the revelation we must ask for, that we will recognise and understand and carry with us that he is our creator and that we did not create ourselves. That was instruction number four. Instruction number five, it says, enter into his gates and into his courts. So we are to come in. And we can't do this in the natural way that the Jews did in the days of these Psalms and when they were written. Because they went into a physical temple and a physical place of worship. But we today, and especially in this current climate, we enter with our hearts. We're being invited to enter into his presence. Hallelujah. We're instructed in how to come in because, again, it says, enter his gates and into his courts. Know him. Shout. Sing. Serve. But we need to be prepared. We're not coming and then waiting for something to happen. We're coming prepared with thank offerings. And that's another meaning of that phrase. Um, make a joyful noise. The, the psalm speaks about a thank offering. So we're offering our thanks to God um, and our praises begin to flow out of thanksgiving. How do we get to that place of praise? We begin to give thanks to God and it begins to flow. So it's vital that we enter and it's vital that we're prepared to enter and that, that first point of entry is we're going to give thanks. So it says, enter into his gates, and then the the next instruction is to be thankful. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving, with a thank offering, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful. And the Amplified says, and say so to him. Hallelujah. 
Say it to him. Here, we are to open our mouths and declare our thanks to him. As we said earlier on, we can declare our thanks by singing. But we can declare our thanks by how we show um, that we're thankful like the little child that I gave the example of. And we can declare our thanks by what we say to God. Say to him. Say so to him. Give thanks to him. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, one of my very favourites, says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Here it tells me, in everything, pray. But in everything, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is never left out. Being thankful toward God is never left out. Now, some people, they're quick to say thanks when you do something nice for them and to them, and they're very excited about you. Wow, this person is so nice. They've given me this or they've done this for me. And then that same person lets them down. They become disappointed. And all of a sudden, that same person that was so nice is not nice anymore because they made a mistake because they made an error. So why does that thinking change that we stop thinking highly of the person that showed us kindness and then makes a mistake? We're to think thankfully all of the time, whether good, whether bad. When it comes to God and our Lord, we must be thankful to God in every circumstance, even in the hardest of times. We're so grateful for the things that he's done, and I'm going to talk about some of those things very shortly. But we're, we, we, we come across hard times. We come across times of disappointment. Do we stop thanking God for what he's done, for who he is? Do we stop declaring our thankfulness to him because we're disappointed or because we're going through something difficult? No, it's the same God who hasn't moved and who hasn't changed and who deserves our thanks and our praise. The final instruction in the psalm is to bless the Lord. For the Lord is good. Bless and affectionately praise his name, the Amplified says. We are to declare who he is. Is that not what they're doing in Revelation 4? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lord. They're blessing him. They're declaring who he is, reminding him of his great works. We ought to be doing that all the time. Isn't that why the psalm says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So let's go to verse five, which is our second why in the psalm. The first why is because he is God, he is our creator, and he is our shepherd. The second why, we should be thankful and we should praise him. For the Lord is 
good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness and truth endure to all generations. So I would say, I thank you, God, that the Lord is good. I thank you, God, that your mercy, which bought our redemption, is everlasting. I thank you, God, that your loving kindness is everlasting. I thank you, God, that you are faithful. I thank you, God, that your truth endures, not just in past lives, but in our lives now and in generations to come until Christ returns. I thank you, God, that your truth endures. Our thankfulness must be as a result of this recognition, this knowing who he is, not what he can give us. That's how they're praising. That's how they're worshipping. That's how they're thanking him in the heavens. Worthy are you, Lord. As I come towards the end of this talk today, the psalm is instructing us to be thankful to God. As we come, we come prepared to enter into his presence. What do you think happens to us as we come prepared? Were we to be physically allowed to open the doors of the church? How should we come in? I remember when we first opened the doors again earlier, when the first lockdown was lifted, people were emotional to come back here. People were emotional to see each other for the first time in some months. And, and it, it reminded me of just that we were entering together and coming back together. And I thank God, if I'm going to thank him, that we have all of the technology that causes you to be listening to me today and watching our 2.30 service. So there's no taking away from that. We are together as you're watching and listening. But we should come prepared and something happens to us when we do come prepared. Have you ever experienced declaring thanks and then you just find that you can't stop? Have you ever experienced entering in and then being immersed in his presence as you begin to uh, praise and as you begin to worship him out of your thanksgiving? As you're thanking him, have you ever come to a place where you remember more and more reasons why he should be thanked? I'd like to read for anybody who would struggle. How do I give thanks? One of the easiest ways is look at the Psalms and begin to agree with what they say and begin to give your thanks the same way that David and the other writers did for so many things. But also, this is one of my favourite books if I'm going to make declarations and confess over my life, God's Word in My Mouth by our senior minister, Colin Dye. One of the chapters is called Thanksgiving and there'll be scriptures that take you through giving of thanks. And at the end, it has a declaration. And I just feel like reading it to you. Why don't you close your eyes and imagine that you're declaring this. Lord God, creator of heaven and earth, my redeemer and father, I come before you with grateful thanksgiving. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy, your grace and your truth. I bless your name for your loving kindness to me each morning and for your faithfulness to me every night. 
I thank you for your presence with me at all times. I thank you um, for never leaving me or forsaking me. I thank you for providing so generously and for taking care of me in all my circumstances. I rejoice in your son's triumphant victory at the cross. And I thank you for resurrecting him from the dead, for giving him all things and for sending your Holy Spirit upon me. I wonder at your love and your patience. And I thank you for remembering my sins and iniquities no more. Thank you, Father, that Jesus is coming again soon and that then I will be with you forever in your heavenly kingdom. Amen. How easy that was to read, but also to experience that within. And I hope that you felt something as I was saying those words. I began to think of other reasons to give thanks to God, whether it's something that we do publicly, whether we do privately in our homes, that thanks is to God. That first verse said, make a joyful noise to the Lord. And here are some of the reasons I've listed. While I'm listing them, my prayer is that you will begin to think of so many more reasons to thank the Lord today. I thank you, God, that I'm reminded in the scriptures that Jesus set this example himself. He thanked you so many times in so many different scenarios. Thanked you, Father God. I thank you, God, that I am reminded that the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. I read that just now from Philippians, but 1 Thessalonians 5.18 also says, in everything, that all of the time, give thanks. I thank you, God, for the triumph of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15.57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, for promised eternal life that I will see my loved ones again. Of that, I'm very sure. Are you thinking of some reasons that you can thank God now? I thank you, God, for the nearness of the presence of your Holy Spirit, for this incredible gift of your Holy Spirit that you gave us. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thankful that your Holy Spirit came so that we did not have to do anything in our own strength ever again, nor ever be alone. Every challenge we have, I thank you, God. Every pain we bear, I thank you, God. Every disappointment we face, I thank you, God. Because we are borne up by the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. He carries us. I thank you, God. So hopefully you have thought of some reasons. Perhaps even since lockdown, recent things which God has done. We heard Kwame's testimony about employment just earlier on. Perhaps you're thanking God for the lost handbag returned by an honest person or for the job that came through when you least expected it, for the gift of finances when you had nowhere to turn that suddenly came through. Perhaps you're thanking God for your family, once broken, now reconciled, brought back together. 
Perhaps you're thanking God for the helping hand that came just as you needed it, just at that right moment. Perhaps you're thanking God for the exam that you passed and it goes on and on and on. The list goes on. By now I'm imagining that you are breaking out into some type of thanking that you cannot stop thanking the Lord. You cannot stop because more and more things are coming to your mind, are coming to your heart that God has done for you. I thank you, God. The most powerful thing that all of us can thank God for, and that I certainly do, and that some of you may not have today, I thank you, God, for the gift of Christ and the work of the cross. 